Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. Thank you for joining me, Gordon T, for the Artist Interview. And I've got to say, I am absolutely delighted to welcome back to the UK, We The Kingdom. Uh, we, <laughs> we The Kingdom has been my favourite band of 2020, as many of you will know. And uh, their album, Holy Water, is up for a Grammy Award for Best Contemporary Christian Music Album. And their track, Holy Water, is up for an nomination for Best Contemporary Christian Music Performance. So I'm really hoping that when uh, the Grammys happen, they have been delayed slightly. When they happen, though, I'm really hoping that there will be a success for these guys. So I am so pleased to say that we are looking at love and marriage. And uh, we are joined by Ed Cash, Franny Cash, and also their spouses, Kerry Cash and Austin Kane. Hey, guys, welcome. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It's an absolute honour. So I'm sure many of the listeners will know that your track, Holy Water, was track of the year 2020 here on Hope FM. Uh, It's an absolute beautiful track. Let's just hear a clip of that right now. And that was Holy Water by We The Kingdom. A fantastic track, but you guys have got some absolutely amazing tracks on your album, um, uh, which are well worth listening to. We'll be hearing some of those uh, presently, but we're here to talk about love and marriage uh, and also the God who is the God of love. So um, it would be interesting if we just ask a few questions of you uh, and and see where this goes. So um, Austin, yeah, to start off with you, sir, what was the very first thing that you noticed about Franny? So Gordon, let me tell you, man. So the first time I saw Franny, I had this internship at a church. And so we actually ended up working at this church together, but I'm there with a whole bunch of students and I see Franny, she's leading worship, but I, I hadn't met her at the time. So I don't know if she's like a 17 year old high school girl singing, or if she's, you know, 30 years old and already married. So I see her and she's singing um and like scott's there ed was there they're all singing for the high schoolers and so my first thought honestly i wish i had that love at first sight thing but i was like i wonder how old she is i wonder (laughs) if she's my age or if she's in high school and i'd graduated college by then so i think i was 22 and freddie was 20 at the time so once i actually met her that i figured out our age gap and i was like you know what i'm gonna have to pursue you (laughs) so straight away you knew you had to pursue once you knew the age that's that sounds wise to check that out first uh franny exactly (laughs) franny what was the first thing that austin said to you oh the first thing he said to me gosh austin he's so funny so charismatic when he walks in a room he's like very like yo what's up that's probably the first thing he said to me honestly honestly that's probably it <laughs> i wish it'd been something smoother like hey you're beautiful but yeah but, uh, no, I was that probably was, just it was like, probably hey. yo what's up because that's a classic yeah. awesome yo, yo what's up it works as a chat up line i didn't know that actually so i've learned something already yeah, yeah. so kerry uh 
how did Ed woo you? And what made you think that he was the one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the first time I saw Ed, he was playing music at a Young Life club in um, a high schooler's basement. And he sang a song about um, a couple, a couple in trouble. And then a couple after they'd figured out how to really make Jesus the center of their relationship. And um, at that point, I think I was probably 21. And so, you know, I'd been in and out of a couple relationships. So when I heard that, I knew that he knew something um, about relationships and about Jesus. And um, I went up to him and I talked with him and I, I, I thanked him for what he played and the song he'd written. And um, he asked me to go to coffee about a month or so later. And we became friends first. And that was um, something that it was a safe place for me. So I felt safe with him pursuing me, but he did pursue me pretty hard. And I was journaling. I probably filled up three journals just to make sure that I should proceed. But he, he was relentless and um, very, very much of a gentleman. Oh, that's lovely. When was this? Just to give us a time frame. How, how, how many years ago did you start dating? Uh, we've been married 25 years, 25 years. So I get, and we dated a year. So 26 and a half, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so your, your marriage has had a, a good while to hopefully mature in the right way. If you know what I mean by that, you've, you've experienced quite a lot of married life. Whereas just, I suppose for the listeners at home, and I, I apologize, I haven't already said this, but Ed and Kerry are Franny's parents. So this is a really interesting dynamic where we've got people who've trodden the road of marriage for some while. And Franny and Austin, when did you get married, guys? We got married about seven months ago. So July 10th. We're so newlyweds. In five days, it'll be seven months. Newlyweds. Still in, still in the honeymoon period. So in five days, you'll be married what? In five days, we'll be have married. We'll have been married seven months. So, you okay. know, we're basically pros okay. by now, right? We celebrate every month like it's our anniversary. Yeah, every month. We're like, what are we going to do this month? <laughs> anniversary. That's pretty sweet. Uh, Ed, can you tell me? How did you propose to Carrie? Oh, <laughs> this is a good story. Good question. Well, Carrie's really sharp. She's very smart and I try to surprise her in other ways. So I wanted to do something that would be memorable, but that would, that would get her, you know, that she, she wouldn't expect it coming. And so we'd been in the mountains for a couple of uh, months. I got her up on an assignment that I was playing some music for the summer and she was babysitting these kids. And at the end of that time, she was going to go home and then uh, be home for about a week and then come to the beach with our family. So on the flight uh, from her parents' house down to, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm from, she told me about this experience that she had. So she gets on the flight and she sits in the aisle and she's basically just, kind of gathering her thoughts. My birthday was coming up. So she was, yes, she was praying for me. She was writing a birthday card. And then she noticed this guy, I was supposed to pick her up, I guess, you know, that morning or whatever at the airport. She noticed this guy who was beside her and he had like this uh, really long kind of jet black hair, big old goatee had shades on and like, you know, spiky leather gloves and kind of like a Harley Davidson, you know, motorcycle guy, you know, big leather jacket and um anyway she just kind of said she sort of felt for this guy and she was um praying for him and 
anyway, about midway through the flight, uh, long story short, this flight attendant comes up to her and, and noticed this, this ring on her finger. Um, Not this one, but this one oh, you're wearing. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm wearing it. And um, we got matching rings, but anyway, so the flight attendant asked, hey, can I see this ring on your finger? That's really cool. And it had actually happened before. A lot of people had noticed it just because of the unique writing on it. And I know this is a random story, but it's I'm about done. She, yeah, she, she, uh, the flight attendant asked to see the ring. She's like, oh my gosh, can I please show this to my friend? And Carrie's like, sure. So she hands that, she keeps writing this card, comes back. And she hands Carrie this pillow with a ring box on it. And all of a sudden this guy at the window that she's been praying for, like leans over to her and says, will you marry me? And so it was actually me. I was disguised (laughs) and it was kind of wild. It was was shortly after the Atlantic bomb, the Atlanta bombing in the U S which was like a, the airports were on like red alert. So they, uh, about, yeah, back at the Olympics. And I, I about got arrested because a woman saw me go in the bathroom and come out completely transformed into another person. And uh, you had a fake one of these. Yeah, I did have a fake one of these. Now I got a real one. <laughs> a fake beard. Oh, it's such an amazing story. I, I think you've probably just put 95, if not a higher percentage, of the UK males who are married to shame because <laughs> that is such an awesome engagement story. Thank you so much. It was pretty epic. So, I, was that the sort of thing you'd expected, Kerry, or was that even bigger than you would have imagined? Much bigger. I had no idea. I was blindsided. No. The Holy Spirit was just protecting me because, you know, it's fun to be surprised. And I was so surprised. <laughs> um, was it yes straight away? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. No, no, <laughs> no regrets. No, no pause. No check with my parents. Definitely. Yes. That. Is, is an absolutely lovely story. Congratulations to you both for all those years ago and making such a wise choice. Um, so can I ask a question? Obviously, you're, you're married to, I would say, a famous musician, producer, and Ed's won ridiculous numbers of awards. If I can quickly just name drop some people that he's worked with. Chris Tomlin, Crowder, Ren Collective, Amy Grant, The Helsers, Matthew West, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Amy, oh, Dolly Parton. Is that right, Dolly Parton as well? The list is absolutely enormous and you've won all sorts of things. What's it like? Is that quite challenging within a marriage to have somebody who's always under demand? People always want a slice of him for various things. Thank you for doing the interview with us today, for example. Uh, how, do, how do you manage to balance being together versus all the other things that he needs to do in life? Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, mean I, I don't really know what to say other than um, I'm just happy to be along for the ride. But like in any calling that... Um, uh, in any marriage, it is a calling, you know, to be in relationship and to walk through life through thick and thin and through the hard, the peaks and the valleys, you know, and as, as we all do. And um, so it's been, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I, and I counted, I really do count it a, a pure joy to, to be a kind of a behind the scenes um, servant and, and a prayer partner for Ed, um, and I actually help him with lyrics often. Uh, we have a piano right in our hallway. And um, anyway, we have fun. We have fun, you know, together. And um, but like any marriage in, in any, you know, vocation, there, there are hard times. There are good times, hard times. But I, I love I always wanted to marry somebody who um, played an instrument. 
And um, in my college experience, when worship became really important to me and um, just a, a really big thing in my heart, I mean, I was just thrilled that 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 God had picked Ed out for me. So um, I love worshiping with Ed. And even though he's worked with all those people, I mean, people are just people, you know, but worship is, and they're wonderful people. Um, and I, I love all the people that he's gotten to work with, but Ed's just a real person. And the people that he works with are just real people that are doing um, really amazing things for the kingdom, just like there are lots of people doing amazing things for the kingdom, but I, um, yeah, I've, I've loved, it's fun. I love, I love I gotta, our relationship. I, I got to jump in and say this. I mean, Carrie has been a massive support and the reason that, you know, so much of, I guess the Lord has done in my life. I mean, like Chris Tomlin, I was not going to work with Chris Tomlin. I really, truly wasn't like back in the day, I was seriously doubting it because I had some issues in my own heart that God needed to work out. Um, and I didn't want to be involved with worship music. I'm, I'm kind of, I can't believe I, I say that now, but back then, you know, 20 something years ago, that's where I was. And Carrie listened to the music and the Holy Spirit has spoken to her so many times in our marriage in just profound ways. But I remember, I really felt like it was the Lord saying, hey, you need to listen to your wife. And she said, I really think you need to work with this Chris guy because we didn't know who he was. But God really started a journey then. And there have been so many instances through the years where I just feel like God has, has spoken to her and used her in my life. And I'm so thankful that he gave me the, you know, the presence of mind to, to, to listen to my wife and not to, uh, you know, just turn a deaf ear to that. So, and she's such a prayer warrior. I mean, she has spent hours and hours and hours praying, which I'm so grateful for because uh, I'm quite a mess and I need a lot of prayer. <laughs> for the listeners at home, obviously. Laundry basket is quite a mess. <laughs> Well, no, well for the listeners at home, obviously you you haven't got the advantage. That I have to, uh, oh, well, I have the advantage because I've got these guys on video in front of me. And uh, as these guys are speaking, they are just cuddled up looking like just the cutest couple. It is so sweet seeing uh, the, the genuine love between them. And I've, I've got on the separate window, I can see here, Franny, oh, their daughter, who is nodding her head away in agreement, which is just so lovely. When your daughter says it's true, something you're saying, you know, it's almost certainly got to be true. So well, well said, Franny, as well. So... Um, we talked about marriage isn't always easy, though, uh, but you've been a great sport. Can you talk about maybe some challenges that you faced and how your faith in Jesus helped you overcome them? Well, I'll, I'll just start by saying, you know, um, God called me to homeschool when I was pregnant with Franny and I was just about four months pregnant. And I, I heard him very clearly say that I was going to homeschool. And and that just set me on this trajectory of like I've I've always just wanted to be a wife and a mother. Um, but you know, having our four kids in six years and doing that from the beginning, that was a lot. And Ed was building his career and following after God's heart with all these worship songs. And so it was, um, it was a lot. It was a lot of um, just a, a lot of struggle and communicating and a lot of work that he was doing and a lot of um, just me needing to to put my running shoes on and, and go on runs a lot, you know, when the kids were napping or um, busy, you know, with their sports. But 
Um, God's been so faithful to work us through those hard times and to show us uh, better and better and better ways to communicate through the heavy um, parts of life, not just the physical demands, but, you know, the emotional and the mental needs that each each child had that I was having and, and maybe didn't know about. And so, yeah, it's been, um, Ed actually wrote, um, how great is, no, not how great is our God. I don't even know titles to songs. It's quite embarrassing. Um, God of angel armies, God of it, whom shall I fear? Yeah. It's changed names a couple of times, but he wrote that song on a really tough morning for me as a mom. And I just felt, um, I felt overloaded and weighed down and he, um, picked up his guitar and, and pretty much had, probably 95% of that song already uh, orchestrated in his heart and was sharing it with me to minister to me. So we had no idea that that song was going to go out into the world ever, but it has. That was really a song for us in our home to, for a husband to minister to a wife because he's doing so much in his career. I'm doing so much in my career as a homemaker with the children. Um, and both of us are loving every part, but there were many seasons where we were, we missed it mm. and we, um, needed to surround ourselves with counselors and, um, just the people who would speak into us and pour into us and help us along the way. And some of those, um, you know, were beneficial and other times they were, they were more short-lived. So, but anyway, we, we had a need for that help. Um, that is so right what you're saying. Marriage is one of those things where in the middle of it, we need help from God and help from those around us as well uh, to be able to make sure that we stay right in the middle of God's purposes. And it's so under attack. Uh, and it's something that I'm conscious of right now. There's going to be listeners who are listening to us who may be thinking, well, those guys have got it okay. I've been married for nearly 30 years. I love it. It's been fantastic. But there are so many people who are broken and so many people who are in situations where what they thought was going to be their dream has been absolutely shattered. And I just want to, at this moment, just say to, to folks that uh, the God who is the God of love has not given up on you and his desire is to bring healing to you. And his desire is to minister to your heart and for you to be able to receive the fullness of the love that he has for you. And if you're someone who currently isn't going to church, I just want to encourage you to get along to www.findachurch.co.uk and look up there, you'll be able to find a church that would love you to love to help you to find more of God's love. Okay, so uh, thank you very much for all you've shared so far. Uh, Ed, talking of songs that you've written, and, and there are so many that you've written, um, but I believe that there's one that you wrote um, for your wife uh, called Marry Me. Oh, my I listened goodness. to it earlier on, uh, and I thought, hey, that's a, that's a great track. Uh, and I just wondered whether or not um, we could persuade you if we ask you very nicely. Perhaps you could. Uh, yes, yes. Everyone, everyone on screen is nodding and saying, "Please, please." Ed, would you be happy to play uh, "Marry Me" for us? Not, not to me, not to our listeners, but again to your wife right now, live. Uh, absolutely. Can you give me thirty seconds to get my guitar? I certainly can. Who wouldn't give you thirty seconds for that? I didn't. I didn't think that he was going to 
prepare like he was he was like no like he doesn't like to play his old songs Gordon so I told Gordon to remind him I, I, I've even play. listened to two of his old albums today so they're good they're yeah really they, good. I, they are good I can see that Ed Ed has picked up his guitar uh, and <laughs> there's much smiling going on so Ed we are ready for you if you're ready right now to play marry me all right so it may have been 20 years since I've actually played this song, but uh, it goes like this. Um, I knew the moment I first saw you, our love was meant to be. It was only a matter of God's time. My instinct said to marry you, the patience said to wait. And I knew to let you go would be a crime. I've seen so many faces, I've seen so many smiles That's the verse and chorus. It was beautiful. Thank you, brother. Hey, Kerry, how did you feel when you first played that to you? Oh my, I felt like a queen. I felt like such a queen. Because you are, girl. <laughs> It was such. It was. It was epic. It was beautiful. I I feel quite jealous of your skill set because I can't sing and I can't play guitar and my wife is actually quite musical and I really wish I could do something like that for her. So talking about my wife, just very quickly, say so, uh, before I came on the show, I just said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to come with me and we'll do it together?" And she says, "No, no, she." She doesn't really like this sort of thing. Um, uh, but she did say to let you know that I am the best husband ever and a really great guy, which I thought was kind of sweet of her. But That's um, amazing. Like, that is... And also I'm wearing a top that she gave me. It's one of my most treasured pieces of clothing. Uh, the wording on there is, is satisfied. Um, and uh, I am so blessed with my wife. Right, but let's go to uh, uh, Austin and Franny for a moment. Austin, can you just tell us maybe, in fact, between the two of you, what I'd like is maybe Austin tell us how does it progress from friendship to dating? And Franny, I'd love for you to complete the story because last time you were on the show, you talked about when you were in London and you felt God sort of say, okay, and give you peace on stuff. Can the two of you tell us the story about how does it progress? So I feel like our story, like everybody's story, is a God story because he's been so faithful just to bring, like literally intertwine our stories together. I don't think we would have ever met had it not been so evident from God that he's faithful and he brought us together. Um, so we met, like when I told you we met, we met in May of 2018. Um, but we weren't really like friends yet. And so it wasn't until September that we started working together. And I, I probably asked Franny out on a date six or seven times before she ever said yes. So I was so, I was as persistent as I could be. And she was like, uh, we're just friends. And I was like, I mean, yeah, we're friends, but I don't want to be just friends. Um, so I was trying to be as respectful as, as possible. And it was it was a slow progression or it felt slow. But really, from September, we started 
we went on our first date in December. In my mind, that took forever to get there. But it was like, you know, two and a half, three months uh, worth of pursuing. And then um, we went on a few more dates. And I talked to Ed in February of the following year. I was like, hey, uh, I was so nervous about it, too. I was like, hey, can I date your daughter? Um, but for me to get to the point of asking that took an hour long conversation over some tacos. Um, so then we started dating in February. We work at, we're still working together at this church. So we're like hanging out with students all the time, planning worship nights, um, planning games, you know, taking the kids on trips, all this different sort of stuff. Um, and it was really, really sweet. So, and then we had another trip planned was in London, which Brandy, you can talk about that. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. I think like for me, I was in like a season when I met Austin where I was like really paranoid about missing God's voice. I think with the guy that I had dated before Austin, I really felt like God wanted us to be together and then it just wasn't a healthy relationship. And so I think I probably misheard God's voice on that, which does happen. And there's grace for that. But I was like super worried that I was going to miss it. So I, that's why I was so like for a long while, like Austin did, I was like two months of Austin, like kept asking me out. And I was like, I don't want to lose our friendship. I don't want to miss God's voice. I don't want to do something, you know, that God doesn't have for me to do. And it wasn't coming from a place of like security and God's love. It was coming from a place of like, just really like a lot of fear. And, um, and yeah, I was, yeah, I was like straining to hear his voice and trying to like hear him in the ways that I had been used to hearing him. And I think God was taking me and what I like look back and reflect on now, I think God was doing a lot of construction in my heart around the same time of meeting Austin, like the construction of the foundation of my heart where before I was like making decisions because I was afraid of, of what would happen if I, you know, I wasn't obedient or just didn't listen to God. And it was, it was coming, like I said, from a, a place of a lot of fear. And I'm um, just thinking that like, I had to prove myself to God. Um, and, and so I think God was working on my heart to help me understand, like the foundation I stand on is not all of the good things that I can do for God or the ways I can hear his voice perfectly or the ways that I can, you know, get it right. Like, even when I get it wrong, like with the last boyfriend, God was so gracious and, and loving mm -hmm. to me. And like, he, he doesn't accept me because of the good things I do. He loves me because of his, just his love. Like it's not dependent on me. And so um, for like the whole, like, this is an odd story. Cause usually like when I would talk to people about their, you know, dating, they would say they knew within the first couple weeks or months, like I knew he was one. And I really didn't, like, I was struggling for a while, like wrestling with God over it. Like I, I felt like I used to hear God through like the impressions in my heart that felt like I thought in my head, you know, that I, that wasn't my thought. And, and I didn't hear that with Austin. I felt like God was just opening doors in my life, but I wasn't like hearing his direction in the way that I used to been hearing it. And um, I think God probably did that purposefully though, to help me realize like that he can speak in different ways and move in different ways other than maybe what I'm used to. Um, but for a while I was like, God, I really want your direction. I want your peace. Like I will walk away from this immediately. Like if you, when you give me the, the, um, the green light, you know, or the, or the red light for this relationship that never happened. It just kept like moving in a really sweet direction. And, and so it was actually in London, like I had been like really starting to like fall in love with Austin. And so I was like, okay, I need to like know quickly, God, like if this is the wrong thing for me, I need, I need you to let me know. And when we were in London, we were on a missions trip there with the church that we'd been working in and we were on our off day and we were walking through the Westminster Abbey 
And I don't know like what it was. It just like felt like the, this coin drop moment that wasn't for, for me, it wasn't just like, Oh, Austin's the one you can marry him now. It was more like, Oh, you, you know, Franny, you don't need to strain to hear my voice. Like I will lead you in the, in the right places for, for my name's sake, like that scripture in Psalm 23, like you don't have to be anxious about it. My perfect love casts out all fear. Like it was that kind of moment for me that like, just, I, I felt just such a wave of peace and, and all this anxiety that I had been carrying about God lived. And, and that's when the moment, it became really clear to me once I let go of that anxiety that, that Austin was the one for me that God had had and, and that God had used him coming into my life to, to help do this reconstruction on the foundation of my heart. And so I just like broke down in the Westminster Abbey. I mean, it's beautiful there. And I like made it look like I was crying about how beautiful it was, which it is so beautiful, but it was more just like this. I was like bawling in front of these kids and they're like, oh my gosh, like she's freaking out. And so I was just trying to make it look like, but I was really just so relieved, you know? And so it was, it was a really yeah, beautiful process for me and a, a sweet story. But that verse, his perfect love casts out all fear from first John. I think it's first John, like that just was my anthem for our story. So it was it was really sweet how God used that and, and to reshape me and, and help me let go of some fear that I had towards God, you know. And so yeah, that was a, a sweet moment, but it was in London. So I just totally like attribute London to like when I knew that I wanted to marry Austin. And then we got married. We got engaged six months later and then we got married or we got engaged five months later and then married seven months later. So like um, almost a year to the date of being in London was our like our wedding day. Like, I think it was like mm-hmm. two days off. So it was like almost the exact same time. So it was just really sweet, but mm-hmm. go London. <laughs> yes go London we we like to help people make the best decisions I feel so um I'll just quickly share some of my story and then we're going to play a track uh, by Austin if that's okay so um so when uh, I met my wife um she was she was actually 15 at the time and I was probably 17 um and uh we didn't like each other in fact well I, I thought she was quite nice I when I first saw her, I thought she was absolutely beautiful I thought well, she's great but um but uh she thought I was I don't know if you know, have this word in America, a Wally. I don't know if that means anything. Someone who's a bit like you, they're a bit s- silly, a bit too silly. Uh, that, that would be, that would be the, how my wife would have described me a bit too silly. And, uh, and she really wanted very little to do with me to the point that, so we were both in the same um, youth group uh, and uh, she was already on the committee helping run the youth group. And I got voted onto the committee and she actually uh, cried when she heard that I was going to be on the committee she cried because she's like oh no he'll wreck it and she this is true she spent time praying and she said god will you please help me love gordon uh, come on answered prayer so um so so and actually we we got married while she she was 18 she was still at school so we hadn't she hadn't been to college wasn't university or anything like so she was still at school when we got married and uh, and it has been wonderful it's also been really challenging i think that that's fair to say that marriage can be really really tough and uh, the devil is, mm. is great at throwing all sorts of tricks at you but um but his love uh, is always there and can always be trusted and stood on and uh, wherever you're at he always wants to uh, give more uh, and help you through things. So, uh, Austin, though, we were just about to to play a track from you. Um, the track's called Extraordinary Love. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, so like Franny said, we got engaged in December, on December 5th or 6th, and then 
later I went home for Christmas to see my family. And it was like the last Christmas that I was going to be just like apart, you know, um, since we were engaged now. And I sat down, my parents had this baby grand piano in their living room. So I sat there, I started playing these chords and I was like, you know, that's, that sounds nice. And I kind of how I write songs, I just kind of like spitball ideas out and just kind of let it flow out of my subconscious. And so as I'm singing out words, it just comes together and I'm like, oh, this sounds nice. And, <laughs> and then, so I wrote most of the song then. And another funny coincidence about the song is I was like, we were going to play it at our wedding. So we did end up playing it at our wedding. And the day before our wedding, we had a rehearsal dinner and I'm down, I'm at Ed and Carrie's house. And I was like, I just can't figure out this last line of the song. Um, I don't know if this is right. And so Ed helped me out with the last, the we've got an extraordinary love. Um, so, and then Franny obviously helped me write the song too. I always like bounce all my ideas off her. So uh, the song took a long progression to write, but um, just kind of about how much we compliment each other. I think God designed marriage to compliment, not to be the exact same type of person, but the two things that go together that might, you wouldn't always think go together. Um, the song starts off talking about like the ocean and the moon are two completely different things, but the way God designed them to, to work together and push and pull is a beautiful thing. So I think that's the way God designed men and women um, to really care for one another and love each other, support each other and help each other grow. And I think the point of marriage isn't happiness. It's not companionship, but it's to know Jesus and to make Jesus known through each other's lives mm -hmm. so we got to like hijack the stage at our wedding like as our our getaway song like right before we got in the getaway car we had a band play at our wedding and it was so fun and so we told them they were so good they're mm -hmm. like what key is it in we're like C and then we just sang and Austin picked up the guitar and they like played it perfectly it, it was, was crazy it was so fun if you were the ocean I'd be the moon Pushing and pulling, connected with you. If you were the blue sky, I'd be a bird floating as I fly across your world. Love is much more than a And that was Extraordinary Love by Austin Kane. Thank you so much, Austin, for all you and Franny have shared so far uh, as we explore a bit about love and marriage. Um, it would be great in this section also to have a little look about God and the God of love uh, and who he is and uh, how he is relevant to, to all of us um, today. Uh, Austin, how, how did you come to become a Christian? Well, you, you mentioned obviously you were serving in a church, but rewind time. Are you from a church family? Gordon, thank you for asking, man. Um, so I am, my dad's a pastor. He's been a pastor all my life. He was a missionary before he was a pastor down in Argentina and Costa Rica. Um, 
And so I grew up in a Christian home. My parents are amazing. Like they are all-star parents. They're just awesome. Um, just like Carrie did with her kids. My mom homeschooled us up until high school. So I was, I have three older sisters too. And a lot of, they're all in ministry as well, except one. And so growing up, they, everybody in my family just has a heart for the Lord, heart for ministry, heart for the world. Um, and so I saw that always. And I was just like, I guess this is normal life. You know, everybody, everybody's grandparents go on missions trips and everybody's parents um, give their money to different organizations. Like I thought that was a normal thing. And um, once I got into high school, I realized, oh, this isn't a normal thing. And, um, but I, I feel like I really didn't have my own faith. I always kind of piggybacked my parents until I was about 16. Um, I was out at a Young Life camp in Colorado. It's called Frontier Ranch. And that's when my, I really felt like God pulled me in for the first time and helped me realize like, I can't do life on my own. Life is not about me making my name great, trying to be popular, playing sports and whatnot. Life is about making his name great. Um, and that, that switch happened in my life and God made it so evidently clear. Um, so by the time I was about 16 leading up until college, God was working in my life in different ways. And um, I still really struggled with like different temptations and lust and stuff in high school and was really struggling um, and I was like, God, if you love me, why wouldn't you take these things away from me? Like, why, why is this so hard for me to follow you at times? Um, and I think God has always just been working his will through my life um, and reminding me that he is the one that satisfies, not what the world has to offer. Mm. Um, and so throughout college, he pulled me closer and closer to him. And uh, my senior year of college, I ended up interning at another church, the church I went to in college. And it was awesome. I really grew them too. And Honestly, I feel like it's been my story just shows God's faithfulness because it's just been a slow progression. There hasn't been like one day. It's more just like, you know, a lifetime of my parents being faithful to the, the call they put on. He's put on their life and then different friends and different mentors that have spoken into my life that have always pointed me back to Jesus and helping me let go of all these things that I try and grip and control and understanding that the only one that can change my life is the one who made my life. So it's been, awesome. and now I'm here. Boom. How does my broken heart keep bringing me back to you And that was No Doubt About It by We The Kingdom. And I'm very pleased to say that We The Kingdom uh, and uh, their spouses, or at least two of them, Ed Cash and Franny Cash, are with us here on Hope FM for the artist interview. Thank you so much, guys, for being with us. We're really enjoying this. Um, we've, got, we've got some more music still to come from you. Um, but I wondered whether or not uh, one of you would like to actually talk about uh, God's love and just take a moment. So for those people perhaps who are home listening, who've tuned in maybe by accident, and really have got no idea who Jesus is or what his love would mean to a person today, would one of you be happy? Maybe one of you can just, just put your hand up. Whoever, whoever wants to go, just go for it. And just tell us maybe in a two-minute slot what God's love means uh, and how that changes people. I think I have to speak 
As soon as you said that, I just felt like tears come to my face, into my eyes. When I think about the love of God, I mean, feeling loved, uh, even the phrase that am I lovable has been probably the greatest struggle in my life, believing that. And it's probably a myriad of reasons that that's been a a fight and a wrestle for me. But I think it's centered in the fact that I grew up in a, in a culture that was very performance oriented and there was such an attachment around, you know, your, your love, your, uh, your being uh, deserving of love had so much to do with how well you, you know, you would show up in life and whatever accolades you have or, you know, how people see you. And so that really skewed me in a lot of ways to think that, well, gosh, I guess it means that I got to go out and do this and that and all this stuff in order to receive love. Whereas I feel like God's love is exactly the opposite. You know, Um, God says, I love you as you are. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that's ever, I mean, that's like what Holy Water is talking about, you know, that bridge, you know, the only thing that's ever made me truly want to change is just the incredible grace of God. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have the willpower to go on my own, you know, so my story, just real quick, man, I've just, I've struggled with addiction in a profound way in my life. And that's showed up in different areas, you know, and drugs and work and food. And you know, it's just something I've really wrestled with. Um, God has given me so much victory in that area. And I think it's really come, the victory has come from really learning that he just loves me. He loves me as I am. And so as I can rest in that, I realize, oh, I don't have to prove myself to him. I don't have to go out and, and, uh, and, it, and that's what changes my heart, what changes my life. You know, I love that scripture. It talks about that godly sorrow leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, his kindness leads us to repentance, you know. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I just, when I think about the love of God, it's very hard for me not to get emotional um, because I've experienced it just in such profound ways, uh, the way he has just poured out his, you know, his love over me. And I, you know, I'm, it's, it makes me think about our song, Child of Love, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I so identify with just, um, and I love when Franny, you know, originally that was called Child of God, that song. And Franny had the idea to change it to Child of Love. And obviously both are the same thing, but. Uh, and obviously, we're a child of God's love. But um, yeah, just to, to be loved by God is such a profound thing. I was walking the wayside, lost on a lonely road. I was chasing the highlight, trying to satisfy my soul. And that was Child of Love uh, featuring Bear Reinhardt. Um, so you may know Bear as uh, the lead singer from Need to Breathe. Uh, what a beautiful track uh, talking all about uh, the God who loves us and who we are in that love. Um, and uh, Ed, thank you so much as well. You, you touched on several different issues there. Uh, I just want to say if people are perhaps um, struggling with addictions, uh, no matter what type of addiction it is, 
the God who is the God of love is able to break those. Ed talked about having victory in them. And I just want to encourage uh, you to reach out to other people, to open up and to be honest and ask for some help. So there are many churches around the area who provide services such as um, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, things of that nature where you can go and just get some help. But also many churches as well will help with issues such as lust, which already been mentioned within this. And I think it's important that we talk about lust. We talked about the enemy wanting to trip us up. Um, and I'm afraid that in our world, uh, the media is full of images and the web is something that can be used for so much good. But also there are so many things that are there to catch us out. And I just uh, want to encourage people that uh, no matter how much you may have tried before in your own strength and think you can't do something, the God of miracles is able and he can set you free from anything. So um, so don't, don't give up. Uh, look uh, to Jesus and ask him, God, will you help me? Will you take me through this? Because he won't fail you. Ed, would you be happy or, or Kerry, uh, just to pray for our listeners right now that they might see miracles and know more of God's love, whatever, whatever their life is like, uh, but they might be aware of his power uh, and just how precious they are to him. Lord, um, thank you for all the people that you have made on this earth. And I just want to ask right now that you um, communicate in such a way that each person who's hurting can hear you, Lord. So whatever and however that specific way is that you're going to talk to them, I just want to thank you ahead of time for opening their ears so that they can hear you, so that they can begin to believe what you're what you're speaking to them and um, that they would believe that they are lovable enough and worthy enough because of your love for them to believe what you're saying to them and about them. I just pray for a supernatural connection for um, hurting people to have with you because Jesus, you are the only one. You're the only one who can help us with our sadness, our loneliness, our anger, our bitterness, our wounds, our traumas. And we all have them. We are all broken people. So I just pray that you would um, just call people in the gentle way that you do to um, be honest about where they are and and how they have a need and um, that they would just begin to believe that that you and only you are the one who can fulfill all needs everywhere, every time, in every way. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for the angels that you send to surround people to communicate this love. And I just pray, God, um, that in this moment, the ears, just again to say the ears would be open, the eyes would be open just to hear and to see, Lord, your goodness, and that you would close the door on just the, all the, the ways, as Gordon said earlier, just the tricks that the enemy uses to um, deceive us and to steal from, from us, from your people, that you would close those doors so that people can hear and see and know truth and know that they're loved and know that victory is theirs because of you and what you did on the cross and what you do every day for us through the guidance and the comfort and the strength of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time. So thank you for all the people that you're saving even now and giving them hope, God. And if we can be just even a, a, an example of we're hurting, we were hurting, we we still do hurt, but we've chosen to turn to you because um, you have communicated your great love to our hearts. And I just pray that these people, all people everywhere would um, 
just be bombarded with that love that is so pure and true. And I just thank you, God, for your example in the scriptures where you um, you went to the sinners, you went to the hurting, you went to the sick, you were not afraid. Um, you rebuked the, um, the haughty and prideful, but you went to those who are hurting. So thank you, God, that um, the only prerequisite that hurting people have is to be hurting and to come to you because your burden is light and easy and um, you tell us to come to you um, with our hurts, with our weariness. So thank you, Lord, for your great deep love for, for all people. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music, this is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And that was Don't Tread On Me by We The Kingdom. And I'm so pleased to say that they are still with us here on Hope FM. Guys, it's been wonderful talking with you today. Um, are there any things you would like to give us? Let me uh, just maybe a tip for people who are thinking about dating, for people who are dating at the moment. Um, what, what would your advice be? I think just surrounding yourself with good counsel. I think praying, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit, not moving too quickly. You know, but also not being afraid to move when you feel, you know, really sense God and, and there's unity around that. I mean, it's just, it can be such a sensitive thing. I think it's a tender balance between, yeah, just moving in step with God. You know, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, uh, but you also don't want to drag, drag your feet, you know. And uh, I think, it, yeah, that, that having some really good counsel around you is, is important in that. And ultimately just having time with God, you know, in the prayer closet. Uh, to really just seek him and, and sense after his leading. I would say find someone who loves Jesus more than they love you or their family or what they do. You know, oh, yeah. find someone who, whose first love is clearly and obviously Jesus. I would say that that's good as well. Yeah. Someone who's going to always chase Jesus and put him first is going to say someone who would make a good husband or a good wife. So wise, wise words, wise words. Okay. So one of the things that makes marriage different from any other relationship uh, is sex. And it's something that often we are a bit coy about um, and sometimes appropriately so, but it's also something that God has given us as uh, a real treasure. Uh, and I'm so privileged that my wife and I have been with each other and faithful to each other for, for nearly 30 years. And, uh, and it's, it's something that I love and it's beautiful. But it's also something that in the church we don't necessarily teach a lot on and things like that. And I just wondered if you had any wisdom um, or things that you feel would be something that would be helpful uh, to share about maybe God's perspective mm. on this topic. Yeah, I mean, it is such a sensitive thing. And it's, you know, I think the enemy loves to take what God has created and to distort it, you know, and really to make it. I mean, the name of Satan, Lucifer angel of light, masquerader of light. I think about that a lot, you know, in my life and how he tries to emulate really 
the life that God brings. So when you look at the images that we're surrounded with, and even even the pressure on so many women that, hey, I've got to look this way, or I've got to carry myself this way, um, to, you know, and then how does that, how do you bring that into the context of a holy matrimony where God says that, you know, the two will, shall leave your, you know, folks and, you know, become one flesh and, you know, have this intimate union. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it could be quite confusing. I think, you know, I, I wish that I could sit here and tell you that as a man that I've never struggled with lust in my life, but I'd be lying. But I will say this, that the more I have grown in my relationship with Christ, the more that we've grown in our marriage, what I've realized is that when the enemy throws lust at us or anything for that matter, that is a counterfeit happiness. I believe what's really underneath that in terms of my part is my deep longing to connect, my deep longing for intimacy. And what I've realized you know, more than ever is that really what I want deep in my heart is to be seen, to be known, to be loved, like we were talking about earlier. And I, I think in so many ways, sex in the context of marriage is such a beautiful culmination of all of that. I think outside the context of marriage, I really believe that it's a massive lie from the enemy that that sex will give those things. I don't believe that sex and marriage are meant to be separated. And I think if you really get to the heart of, um, you know, people who have experimented with that outside of the context of marriage, by and large, there's a lot of pain that happens in there. And I think that's just the result of the fact that that's not the context that God designed that for. So anyway, I, I do think, um, and we've ex experienced it ourselves. And it's kind of wild talking about this, you know, with, my daughter and son-in-law here, but just the, but, the, know, but they know our story. Yeah, we they, sat yeah. them down a couple of years ago and we, we told our kids everything. We wanted them to know yeah. what was in their generational line. We wanted to warn them of the, the consequences of the deep forgiveness of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. But the, the very real consequences that mm -hmm. result when we don't make, and I've heard you say a couple of times, Gordon, just wise decisions. You know, we don't, it is not a wise decision to go against what the scriptures say. If, if, if you really want what's good for you. And I've been guilty of that. And I'm so thankful that, um, that like I said, our kids know, our kids know mm -hmm. what, what we did and and they know how God got a hold of our hearts too. And that's mm -hmm. the reason we wanted them to know. Well, that was the fact that you've got that relationship as well with your kids is a beautiful thing, but also the way that Jesus loves to restore, loves to forgive, mm -hmm. loves to build back up. He always wants to draw us forwards. And uh, for the listeners at home, I just want to say again, it doesn't matter what situation you're in right now or what you've done in the past. Jesus holds out his arms to you and welcomes mm -hmm. you yeah. and says, I, I can deal with this. None of it is a surprise to God. That's right. So, um, so thank you so much, Ed and Kerry and Franny and Austin for all that you've shared today. Uh, I'm blown away. I think you guys, you're just such lovely. If we were, if I was able to be in a room with you, I would hug you guys right now. And I would just say, 
I love you so much. I'm really <laughs> We're just having a hug here on the on the web. That's so sweet. Thank you so much, Hope FM, for having us, and thank you so much, Gordon, for inviting us on the show. This has just been such a sweet and special time. We hope you guys have an incredible Valentine's Day, getting to celebrate God's love and how much He loves us. And thank you so much for listening to our music. And we love to get to be in your area and get to meet y'all one day. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Thanks so much. Bye bye. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts, and Hope FM best bits. Visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.